I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hi, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. We are nearing 100, which I can't even believe it, truly. I mean, I just think about when we first started, we were like in my, I have like a little sunroom. And if anyone has dogs, like, you know, your dog just can't leave you alone, Mm -hmm. (laughs) no matter what you're doing, especially if you're doing something that requires quiet. So we had to have all the dogs in the back sunroom with us. (laughs) Rosie's, my pug was snoring. We didn't know what we were doing. Uh-uh. We like spent the morning like typing up what we thought <laughs> would be a good intro. <laughs> what were we doing? I tell you what, though, seriously, if that is not a testament to just starting before it's perfect, you know, like just getting going, like yeah. done is better than perfect. Like that is the true. You- yeah. Okay. So funny, funny stories that with our first episode, we had hired somebody to do editing. And here I thought, because my dog, if, if okay, if you haven't heard it, my dog barks <laughs> in the first episode, <laughs> my lab, and we had a VA, not a VA, well, yeah, kind of, like a girl off Fiverr who edited our first episode. And here I thought she could take all of that out. Well, turns out it was happening. The dog was barking while we were still talking, which I didn't know mm-hmm. that piece. So I was listening through the episode and this I think this was like the night before it was going to launch and I had I had a complete meltdown. I'm like, mm-hmm. Lindsay, you can hear Daisy barking. And Lindsay's like, it's fine. It's cares. And I'm like texting this girl in Vietnam. Hey, what can, can, what happened? Why can we take this out? And she eventually responded and told me, you know, she couldn't. Yeah. But I just remember feeling like, okay, it's okay. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be okay. And it was. It was fine. And now we here we are. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of fun. And now she's just always forever a part of the podcast. <laughs> like it's, and it doesn't matter. But you can go back and listen to episode one yeah, and, and hear what we're talking barks. about. But. In like the first – and I'm like, really? It just can't even be <laughs> – Yeah, you want, to be, you want it to be perfect. You want it to be – Yes, everything. You know, you want it to be just yeah. right. But we've learned – I mean, we've learned a lot. We have a whole lot of – technical difficulties that we've navigated our way through and we're creeping up on our 100th episode. So I know. And better than ever. Yeah. Right? That's right. And honestly, like, I know you guys don't see a lot of behind the scenes, but it's, I like, I pat myself on the back. I pat you, give you a big hug too, Lindsay, Mm because you and I have really showed up to when, when we've had a lot going on, like we're both sick today. So that's why I found a little... (laughs) (laughs) sound a little congested yeah (laughs) but we're here because honestly like you guys fuel us I love Mm -hmm. it I love being here I wouldn't have it any other way but it's just fun it's like you know at the end of the season when you look back at your season and you figure out oh wow we really did a lot even though during the during the craziness of it you really don't get to see it but it's like that hindsight it's like you know what we really did it you know yeah it's good I know I thought about this particular episode or this week so (laughs) I was laughing because I'm like we have been through like the heat of the season where you and I are both scrambling, trying to figure out like yeah. a time that actually lines up for us to meet and mm-hmm. all these times. And we've made it 
we figured it out every time. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. this week, it's the middle of the winter. We really don't have as much going on. And you and I are both – I was thinking this week, like, <laughs> is this going to be the week that we go down? Like, we, we break <laughs> our streak? I don't know. You and I both would have, like, I crawled know. down here in the middle of the night, too, to record. That's just we 100% how we are. Have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we would have crawled down here. But, yeah, we we both have uh, – I got the flu. And then yeah. I was – like we were supposed to record earlier in the week and mm-hmm. the day we were supposed to record, Shan texts me and says, Lens, I hate I to cancel. And I'm like, oh no. Oh, <laughs> you you yes, you cancel because it it was Seriously uh, though, if we're canceling, I mean, you better yeah. check on us. Because yeah. I I I have just been so sick. And Lindsay, you were sick too. Mm-hmm. We just got hit. Mm-hmm. Like the kind where it's hard to get out of bed. It's it's the fever. I was yeah. just telling Lindsay, I'm like, as long as I don't have a fever, I'm showing up. But adults are such big babies <laughs> when it comes to having a fever. It like completely takes you down. And but it does congested. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. Oh my gosh, I kept thinking. <laughs> well, Sean got it first, and I thought, well, I'm gonna oh. be good. I'm not yeah. gonna get it. You know, I was <laughs> did all the things and kept my distance, and yes. still trying to take so, care of him. And yeah, and yeah. it just nope. Went down. So, (laughs) yeah. But we're here and we're happy we're here. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, you don't always get to see the behind the scenes, but sometimes it it takes a little bit for us to get here. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It really does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, today we're talking about the five things that you should be doing right now to really take your 2024 season to the next level. These are things that we're doing right now too. So we're right along there with you. Some of these things we've checked off of our list and some of them, you know, just from having our farm for so long, you know, we've kind of gotten in the routine of doing these things. So I think, you know, this episode is especially important for like those newbies out there who are still like setting up because we all have rhythms in our life. And even in flower farming, there's like a seasonal rhythm where the things that you pay attention to during certain parts of the time parts of the year. So yeah, so what the things we're talking about today are, you know, hey, the things that we should be doing right now to really set ourselves up for an amazing year and do that work now while you don't have flowers. Some of you might have flowers if you've had these Valentine's Day tulips. So all out but, the door today, baby. Woohoo! All out the door. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So yeah, so when we have this off season, that's the time to pour into these things. And so should we get started with number one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, the first one being obviously a crop plan. So if you're taking this business seriously, the one thing that you should do is make sure that you are having a plan. Like that's, that's part of the jump, I think, from like hobby cut, growing cut flowers to commercially producing cut flowers and becoming an actual farm. So having that crop plan is really what gets you into the next level. And that's what what it means is like really meticulously thinking about what flowers you're going to grow. But on the other extreme, not overdoing it. I feel like it's important to have a plan. Know that there's some grace to be given, but really coming up with something that you can actually stick to and commit. Because I tell you what, I really do. Somebody, I I think I heard it at an ASCFG con conference, but somebody said, why create a crop plan if you're not going to stick to it? Because what would happen for me is I would do like my first summer annual succession. I'd get Mm -hmm. a second one in, 
but that third one would never happen because I was just so busy in the craziness. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what would actually happen if I stuck to it? And you really have to force yourself. And so now we make it the number one priority that when seed starting has to happen, it it happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you don't have flowers, like you don't have a business. So it's so important to stick to those things. But sometimes it's the first thing to throw out the window. Yeah. When things are busy. Yeah. And you hear it all the time where, you know, everybody says like, oh, I didn't get to my summer, you know, the, the yeah. cool season stuff. I didn't get it seeded. And I know, Shan, that was like coming, I was happening for you guys too. And you decided yeah. that's where you were going to, to solve that pinch point for you guys, you order plugs for fall, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like, so there's ways to, you know, get around that, but it is about ordering, you know, making sure that you keep that commitment to yourself. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with uh, sunflowers. You know, yes. where do you know how many weeks yeah. where you'd be like, crap, this happened or, you know, something <laughs> happened and like yeah. you missed a week and you don't have them. And it's like, it's the same deal. Like you want them every single week and you want them for your bouquets. You need to make sure that you're doing that every single week to keep that ball rolling. Even if there's weeks that two successions bloom at the same time, because it always yeah. happens. Um, yeah. But this way it's like, you know, you're always having fresh stock and mm-hmm. something to kind of plan from. And we tend to really overcomplicate crop planning. Oh, like this is the most yes. overcomplicated mm-hmm. thing. Basically, to sum this up, crop planning, which there's a lot. Okay, I'm going to say this, but there's a lot of things, right? You're going into sales projections and that kind of stuff. But a crop plan at its core is just like, I'm going to start this many flats. They're going to go in this place throughout yeah. the whole season. Like that's a very simplified version. It's like, I need to start this many flats this week and then they get transplanted out and it's how we get flowers throughout the season. And you're talking, depending on where you live, you know, I think we do four successions of mm-hmm. warm season. We have our, our early season we just started. So, yeah. you know, it's like about six rounds of, of seeding. And when you break it down that way over the course of an entire year, it's not that, um, yeah, you know, hard to stick to, but it's a calendar. Mm-hmm. One thing too, I started doing so stuff doesn't creep up on you. I, I use Google calendar and they created, they have a task now. Did you see mm-hmm. that? That they have like yeah. a task versus, I forget what they used to call it. It was a task yeah. versus an event in there. So I started putting out for reoccurring things that I would need to order. So for example, our Dahlia tuber sale is going to be at the beginning of March. I need to make sure I have boxes and supplies ordered and everything. Mm -hmm. So I have that in my calendar as a task to set also for 2025 so that I know in January, I order those things. So everything's here to get get ready for the sale for March so that you're not scrambling, you know, ordering stuff on Amazon and and all of those things. It could be the same thing for, you know, different supplies and stuff. But you could even do that with your crop plan. That's yeah. basically what I'm getting at, where you're like, mm-hmm. this goes in, this is what this is what week I start this. This is the next, you know, this is when my next succession goes in. But having those on a calendar, gotta gotta stick to it. But that's that's 100%. a good way to keep you on keep you on track. Yeah. And I feel like with any plan, the hardest the hardest thing is sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. No matter what we're doing, you know. But what has happened over time with with us is that I don't care what else needs to be done, but that has to be done. And sometimes it happens on Saturdays, you mm-hmm. know, if it absolutely has to. But it's it's hard. It's hard to prioritize it when we're busy because sometimes like our current flowers that need cut, especially once that visual comes, it's like, oh, these need to be sold, 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 sold. You're thinking money, but you need really do. It's hard to think of the future when you're just staring at all the things that need to be done. Yeah. But a crop plan is really just – 
setting yourself up for success so that you're not winging it. Winging it is what hobby farmers do. If you want to be a business and you want to say, okay, I know I'm going to have zinnias in September, then you need to plant your zinnias in your last succession so that you have them and they're looking beautiful and not tired. Um, So it's just kind of keeping that commitment to yourself. And it's sometimes it's easier said than done, but the more you keep those commitments to yourself, the easier it's going to become to keep doing it. You're just going to keep putting those coins in the bank with yourself and your confidence and stuff too. So yeah, it's a win-win. Yeah. And also don't get hung up on the crop plan has to be perfect because the crop plan is a plan and it just sort of is a guide. Use it as a guide. So when you're first starting out, if you're like, I've never done this before and I have no clue what I'm doing, the plan then becomes a document that you can use for the next season to go into like, well, this didn't really work and you're making notes. That's why it's just really important to make notes along the way so you can use those as reference for the next year. You know, I know I'm using everything that we've talked to you about last year to finish up on my crop plan. If you think you're behind, also, you're not. I took, I took, what, six weeks off of work. Mm -hmm. So I'm just now getting to my crop plan. And I, we just started our first set of, um, of seeds this week, our cool season stuff. And I, I have to say, I felt a little anxious because Mm -hmm. I was, I feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants a little bit with it. I'm like, Lindsay, this is going to be okay. Yeah. I've done this. I know what, you know, I've got last year as a guide. I just don't want to over plant. Um, we're also working on some changes with like what just the, in general, what the business is going to look like this year. So that directly affects my crop plan. Um, so yeah, just don't feel like you're behind, um, that you, you don't have it done or if you don't exactly know, you just got to start somewhere. So, yeah. And I, and it's funny because you and I, we get questions all the time. Like, when do I plant this or how many do I plant of this or, and, it's so that I think that's the hard part about what we do is mm-hmm. that it's literally different for everyone. Like I wish I could give you the answers that you want when you when you ask me that question. Like I want to, I want to give <laughs> I want to give you all the answers, but it's so hard and there's no easy button. You have mm-hmm. to start somewhere. So make the decision, stick to it, and then make adjustments. That's all we can do. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best thing that we can do. And Lindsay and I just have nine years under our belts of doing it. So we have the data. We have all those inputs that allow us to make these decisions more freely or without having to constantly look back. Like we just have a more gen- general sense. But if you're just getting started, like you just need to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't let the crop plan paralyze you. Don't get sucked into the super fancy spreadsheets or anything crazy like that. Just just figure it out on a calendar at the basis and make a spreadsheet if you want on Google Sheets. That's all I do. I don't have anything fancy. Um, I sh- we just did a a couple weeks ago. We did a crop planning like uh, Q and A, I guess, mm-hmm. on in the Insiders Facebook group. So many good questions. A lot of overcomplicating. So if anything, you know, I, I once I shared my spreadsheet um, with them, they were like, oh. Okay, yeah, I way overcomplicating this. And I really do. I think if you find yourself overcomplicating or like Googling how many stems do I get from one city <laughs> plant or whatever, I've been there. I've I've done that. Just try not to overcomplicate it and you just have to go mm-hmm. and start collecting the data for yourself. You know what I think overcomplication is? I think it's just fear. Yeah. And oh, oh yeah. Fear just means that you care about what you're doing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So like we're not i'm telling you from a place of complete 
understanding where it's like mm-hmm. you want to do it right. You yeah. want to it to not fail and all of this. I've been there. I'm there all the time in different areas and aspects that I constantly am challenging myself. But if you're trying to overcomplicate something or it feels like it's really, really hard, you know, it is it's underlying underneath of that is fear and you just really care because you want it to be good. So just do it. Just yep. start, you know, have Daisy barking in the background of the podcast <laughs> for the first one. It's fine. She's still, you know, we're here a hundred episodes later and we're still figuring it out. So, but it's better than it was on day one. I think it is. Feels like it. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> it is. We think so. As I mute my microphone to hack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just, we have, we're better at editing skills, our editing skills now. So yeah. Anyway, that's it. So crop plan. Yep. Get going on it. Hold yourself accountable. Just do it. Oh, yes. Just yes. do it. And if you, if you miss it by a week, just do it the next week. Yeah. You'll I was there. like, there, there was, I don't know what I was watching. It was something about I can't remember, but talking about Nike and they said that there's a big difference between do it and just do it. You know, those are two different things. And that's why Nike ended up adding the just because it's like you just like it's just that really like gut go, you know, you yeah. just, just go do it instead of just, oh, do it, you know, but just do it is like so important just mm-hmm. in everything. I mean, I think about all the things in my life that I wasn't prepared to do and I just told myself to just got to go, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of that fun. I think about all the things I would have missed out if I would have just like wallowed in all that uncertainty mm-hmm. and it would have been so sad. I would have mm-hmm. been sad for that, for that girl, you know? Yeah. So just yep. do it. Yeah, just do it yourself. Mm -hmm. The next thing is a lot of this is going to be planning related, but a financial roadmap. So what the heck does that look like? We've talked about financial roadmaps. Yeah. uh, uh, You know, a hundred different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the time of year to have something where is really your guiding light for the season. It gives you some direction and gives you a little bit some boundaries with what you're spending and helps you focus your efforts for marketing efforts to try to hit sales goals. So <clears throat> financial roadmap, what does that look like? So for me, it's it's goal setting. It's it's looking at my, which is the part that I'm in now. And that's where I'm looking at my 2024 season, like what areas you know, where do I think I'm going to make my money? Like how much am I going to make at workshops, weddings? Like these are all guesstimates. And off of that is why I said I'm behind on my crop plans because I'm finishing that stuff up so that I can then set my crop plan off of that. But goal setting, just in general, what do I want to sell this year? Um, That overall, that affects everything. That whole roadmap that runs my farm. It tells me if mm-hmm. I can hire another employee. It tells me where we can spend money and make investments. And so it's basically just income stream analysis of each one, looking at what did we make last year? Do I think that I can make that same amount? One thing I've been working on is looking at each of those revenue streams and looking at my PL from 22 to 23, and then also mm-hmm. beside it, for 23, writing a narrative. So for example, I'll give you an example of this would be uh, weddings. Like we had our best year in weddings last year. And so the narrative would say like best year ever. It ran really smooth. I felt like we have the capacity to do more. I didn't do much advertising. There's room for growth in here. I loved it. 
something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, you pick might be you pick sales felt like they were down compared to this year. You know, the previous year there were seemed like Thursdays were slow. Sometimes I felt like I was a park. You know, like mm-hmm. so there's like a you you're giving like an emotional narrative also with the like yeah, so with that piece. And so then that's helping me to sort through those things of like, do I want to add more of that in or where do I actually have capacity, you know, around those actual income streams? So yeah, I like that. Yeah. And then even, you know, like I always have to keep pushing myself to ask, to keep asking myself questions. So let's say like you people, like I, I did a consult a little bit ago and they were like, I want to sell to florists. I'm like, what does that even mean? You know, I, I understand that you want to sell to florists, but how much money do you need to make at florist? So it's like, okay, so for me, this is how I'm breaking it down. You know, okay, I want to sell to florist. That's wonderful. Next step, how much money do I need to make for florist? Or do I want to? I'm just going to set a goal. Let's say you've never sold to a florist before. I want to make $500 a week at florist. Okay, what does that mean now? Do I need two florists who buy $250 worth of product? Maybe it looks like three florists at whatever to, to the mm-hmm. $175. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just try to figure out what that looks like. And you kind of know maybe who are your good florists? How many do you think you can? And you should be talking to those people at this point. But for me, and then to me, I, I consider that a sales goal. I, it's not just a goal. It's not just like on a spreadsheet that I don't look at. For me, it's a, we have kind of larger event style florists. So I want to sell $1,000 a week to them. So what does that look like? If they're at 850, then I'm trying to sell them an extra $150 worth of product because that is my goal. Mm-hmm. It's not just a thing that I, it's okay to not meet. I really do take it in, into in serious when I'm looking at what we sold for the week. And I'm like, okay, how do I squeeze an extra $150, that $150 a product out of these sales so that I can meet my goal? You know, so a lot of it is breaking that down. What's it going to look like? What does that mean for me? Okay, I have floors. What expense? Now I need to make sure I have a driver. I need to. I'm. I need to drive to Cleveland. What does that look like finance wise? Just trying to, like, look at some of those extra business ventures and not. It's. It's not good enough. I'm sorry. I hate. I don't. I don't want to be mean. This is not being mean, but it's not good enough to say, I want to sell to florists. You need to set some internal goals for yourself so that you can check off those boxes. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is working. And then you can have input. It's like if you get to the end of the year and you said you want to sell to florists, but you don't feel like you made enough money, but why did you not make enough money? You know, mm-hmm. that's where that narrative piece is really big. It's like having, but you have to have a goal to like push that up against, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that's how, that's what works for my brain. Mm-hmm. You know, I have yeah. to have that. So to me, that that has really worked and it's allowed me to hit goals because I'm pushing. And you know what? What I found is that if I'm trying to get a little bit more out of somebody, it's actually kind of easy. I can yeah. find those little pockets of income if I'm looking for it. You know, it's yeah. in the upsell. It's in the, oh, but, you know, hey, I was thinking about your color palette and I have this that might go. And they're like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. Throw some wedges in of that or whatever. So you get really creative and that has to be that business sense, but that's putting on the business hat and taking the growing hat off. So I just think that's so like florists, especially I'm reaching out to them now and that's, Hey, touching base. I'm so excited. We're going to have tulips starting mid-March. These are the colors that we're going to be having. Let me know if you want to pre-order, you're interested, get on the list, whatever that looks like. And we, we have an extra in the insiders too, that talks about florist sales, which is really good. But I think that that's a, that's a huge piece is just mm-hmm. kind of 
keep breaking down those goals. And that that's what that income stream looks like for me. Like you want to make so much at markets. Okay. Well, at the 720 market, I'm going to make this times four markets equals whatever, you know, whatever that looks like. So just breaking that down so that you can set some goals beyond just stating a broad goal. Yeah. I think too, looking at those income streams this time of year, like farmer's markets is a good example because I Mm -hmm. have same, we're looking at it. I'm going like, okay, how do I, because my narrative this year was like, man, our sales were really up. It was, we were consistently good. We had like four weeks in there that were rough, but you could easily look at that market number and go like, well, I'm not in control of who comes to the farmer's market. How do I get more sales? You could easily have that narrative instead of going like, okay, well, how do I get more sales? And going, do we do like mini events at our booth? Do we have, we have a whole lot of ideas generated just for the farmer's market to help to get that exactly what you're saying. It's my responsibility. If I want to hit that number per week, I want to raise my average by $500 a week or $250 a week, whatever it is. How do I get there? But unless you have that roadmap down, we have an extra too. That's our, it's on the insiders. If you're, if you're in our insiders, it's the roadmap to 50,000. You could make that roadmap to a hundred thousand, half million, whatever the heck you wanted, that it walks you through how we break each of these down and Mm -hmm. how we say we're at farmer's markets for 36 weeks. And this is how I, you know, this is what I'm making per week there. Mm -hmm. And how many bouquets does it take to sell it? So then I know if I want to hit that goal, I know I have to send X number of product to farmer's market to make it happen. You know, yeah. so you get very, very specific with that. And so this, um, you know, th- another the side of the emotional side of this, writing this down for me is like, I'm looking at eliminating some things. So in order for me to eliminate stuff and still hit the same number I hit last year, yeah, then, you know, or close to... I need to be able to find where I can add this into other revenue streams and hit higher goals. So, you know, that's, it's all very important to have it kind of laid out for you there. And then this is the time of year too, like you had mentioned with florists, but this is where I'm looking to do, uh, generate new business leads, add new wholesale accounts. This is really where I'm get excited about creating new business. The funny thing is I always, it happens every single year. I'm like, oh, I need to go visit some new florists or reach out. It's always Valentine's Day week. Like, this is the worst. Don't go visit them on what? Valentine's yeah, Day Yeah. They're going to be like, lady. Not even here. next week. You know, the the week yeah. after. <laughs> go visit like the week after. Let it, give them a breather. Yeah. Take them some, take them a cup of coffee or something and, <laughs> and go in and, and chat with them. But yeah, that's this is the time of year that you should be focusing on like generating new business and new new leads. And the other side of the financial piece, which we've talked about many a times, you cannot talk about top line revenue without talking about expenses. So the flip yeah. side of the financial roadmap is creating an expense budget, looking at your cash flow, you know, projected cash flow per month uh, to be able to know what you're going to you know, what money you have coming in and what money you have going out the door. The expense budget to me is just Huge. just as important mm-hmm. as your top line goals to hit and, and you know, helps you navigate the whole season. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's such an important one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I was thinking talking to Jen about this the other day too, but because like I got a question from someone in the insiders just saying, I forget, I forget how they phrased it, but they said, how do I basically they want to know how do I differentiate myself from this ex growers that keep popping up and they sent me a message and just talking about kind of like 
looking at your income and the farmer farmer's market example is like such a good example, but it's be having the grit to figure out how to make it better. And I, okay. Having grit in business is so essential because it is very easy. Think about, I think about how many times I've gotten turned down in my, in this business a lot a lot. Mm -hmm. And we try things at markets. We try things on Mother's Day. We try things and they don't work. And, Mm -hmm. but we have to try it to know and that's okay. But it's having that grit piece to like keep differentiating yourself, coming up with new things. How can I make this different? How can I differentiate myself? It's being fresh, new, putting yourself out there, connecting with your customers. It's so much more than growing flowers. That, that is the differentiator is putting all the effort into those things, those extras that your customers are going to appreciate, your customers are going to love, you're going to find your niche, you're going to find who you are in this business, which is such a journey. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's huge. That's a fun and terrifying journey in itself. Um, But I just, I just encourage her to like have the grit. (laughs) You have to keep figuring it out, you know, and it's hard when you're new because it seems like so abstract because you don't have a lot of these numbers, but just mm-hmm. getting going and starting to look at your business in a different way as a business person and figure each failure is a new opportunity to figure it out. And it's a new data point for you and your farm. And th- that's so important. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what makes Lindsay and I successful at this point in our careers. You know? Yeah. The great well, I think something else to too, it, it, it's absolutely the great. It's the determination. It's also putting on those blinders. We've talked yes. about this. I mean, you think about, I want you to think about this. Everybody has been in the situation where somebody is popped up that's new around them or, um, you know, you're like, oh my God, there's another yep. farm. And the, I want you to feel for a second, the feeling inside of you that comes up. It's like draining. You're all angst. You've got all of this anxiety and or anger that's really yeah. just fear um and how much energy it takes to you're scrolling their social media you're giving them hours and time out of your day that you could be spending on yourself your business in uh, something to make your business better versus giving them energy and yeah. time yeah um so we only have you know so much that we can give as an individual, you know, every single day, we can only give so much to our business, our families, our friends, right? You've only got a little bit of energy that you're divvying up between all of these people. And so giving it to somebody who's your competition, that's not, you know, that's not going to, it's not going to fuel you. And if you're going at it from a place of, well, they're doing this, they're doing that, you really need to get yourself to the place where, you're so focused on yourself. You really just, that's just noise. Mm. You know, you just don't, it's just white noise because that's always going to be there. If you're in business, that's just part of being in business is that there's florist, there are other farms popping up. There's just always going to be a little bit of hype. And that's something I have to, you know, I still remind myself. Yeah. Still take that energy and that fuel and that irritation that you're feeling and go like, okay, I just really care and want to succeed at what I'm doing and take that energy and just dive it into your business and dive it into how to make yourself, you know, because you can't market to somebody. You can't market your flowers by trying to drown out the noise of the customer next to you or to the competition next to you. No. You know, you can't just like, if 
you know, they're posting something, you turn around and post it too. It's like, it's, it's, you're going to lose fuel. You're, you're, that's not the right place to post. You're not, you're not posting from the right place because you're not, you're not posting from a place of inspiration. You're posting from a place of desperation, right? And that's not going to draw your customer in. I guarantee they're going to feel that, feel that from you. No doubt. Put your blind, put your blinders on. Yes. Okay. Number three which is create a marketing plan. I should have looked it up, but we do have an episode. Do we have an episode on content pillars or did we do that? on it? I can't remember. I don't know. It's okay. been so long. I don't know. <laughs> We're almost a hundred. Almost a hundred. <laughs> I love when you guys ask though. I really do. When you're like, what episode was whatever, we bless you, that you think I really do Thank you for thinking that I would be with it enough to be able to tell you, but I can never tell you what episode it's from. I don't know. know. I don't know. Okay. If you don't know what content pillars are, basically- We'll put (laughs) it on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Look at your business and create like four, three or four different pillars of different styles of content. For me, it's like my family, my farm, what's blooming, like different topics. We've talked about this. Yeah. Okay. And try to use that when you're creating a marketing plan to like, so that you're, you know, kind of going through each different content pillar. So you're not like constantly selling things or constantly just talking about your yourself or your family or constantly making jokes. Like you, you can be yeah. making sourdough bread. Yeah. Like, yes. And like, have I talked about the nudist Buddhist thing? Yes. Let's <laughs> talk about it again because I don't remember. Okay. Okay. Does everybody, you might know Joel Salatin, which who's like a legend in the veggie and like, yeah. he does like chickens, he does animals. And anyways, he's like the guy who says like, you know, build everything, like create something from nothing, like low budget farming guy. And he's amazing. I've read some of his books. He's, he's, but his like marketing theory is that you can be weird, like a little bit weird, you know, you can show that side of you, like what makes you unique. He says you can be a nudist or you can be a Buddhist, but you can't be a nudist Buddhist because <laughs> it will <laughs> turn people off, you know? So I try to remember that, <laughs> but make your uniqueness like one of those content pillars. But if you're like constantly talking about it, people are going to think you're a little strange, you know? So it's just kind of like mixing up those different parts of your business so that you're talking about them equally, which is important. And people aren't getting used to the same old content because if it's the same thing over and over, like there is like going to be fatigue with your customers. Like they're like moving to the next thing because here she is talking about the farmer's market again or whatever. So you have to keep it fresh. You have to keep connecting and that's what's important to your customers. So those content pillars kind of allow you to to keep moving through the different styles of content and it's a good way for you to, to plan out your marketing. And then you can set some basic goals for yourself for social media. I want to post three, four times a week and try to set those goals for yourself, whatever feels comfortable to you. I don't even think it's as important. It's like more quality over quantity now, in my opinion. Um, I would rather post four quality things than post every day that week with some fluff things that nobody cares about. Would you agree, Lens? I mean, yeah. we, I think we're getting to that point, you know, where everyone's so drowned out by all of the noise on social media that it's not as important to constantly be coming up. It's more to connect and give them quality over quantity. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I saw 
uh, I think Lori posted something saying that like she read that they're moving more away from social media as the trend is moving more away from curated photos, yeah. which, you know, I'm like, okay, that's, you know, there's, it's, it's the trend is always moving. It's yeah. always changing. People don't want to see, really don't want to see perfect and perfectionism, even though I think, you know, it's, it's hard to believe that sometimes when you see these influencers that have, you know, millions of no. followers and yeah. little pottery barn children running around everywhere that, <laughs> I, you know, that don't ever get dirty. And like, it's just like, I don't know. I have, I've, I, I see that and I would love that if that was true. Yeah. Um, but just to give you, just show up however it feels right for you. You know, I, I, I've doing reels when I feel like it and don't when I don't. And when I have the energy to post, I post and, you know, so yeah. I'm, um, but having those content pillars, Shan, like you were saying, they do give you guidance for, it helps you come up with ideas also for like what to actually even post. So yeah. we have talked about them on there yeah, somewhere. I think so. Yeah. I don't know where the heck they are, but I don't know either. <laughs> we should. We should. Um, okay. So I also, so something that I'm, I'm working on now is like creating my event calendar mm-hmm. for the year and then, then moving backwards from that. Okay. So I'll take a paper calendar. I put all my events on it and then six weeks, four to six weeks ahead of time, I'm going to make notes that, Hey, I should just be starting to tease the process. Like we're so excited planning for Dahlia Fest. You know, we can't wait. We're I, I booked Phil, Philip the Balloons guy or whatever, you know, just like little little things to keep people thinking about what that event's going to be like. You're like kind of teasing that, that out a little bit. So creating that runway so that it's not like out of nowhere, the week of Dahlia Fest, I'm like, hey, by the way, <laughs> having yeah. this festival, you know, and for me, it's like not just using social, but using other tools. Like maybe I'm going to create the Facebook event, the event in my Facebook page six weeks out and get people talking about it. And I share it like, Hey, you know, like this or, or say you're interested. So you keep getting updates. So that's a part of the marketing plan. So what does that look like for you and creating that runway so that these things aren't a surprise to your customers and it gives you things to talk about when you aren't quite sure what to talk about. So that's really nice too. Yeah. Kaylin talked about that too, where Mm -hmm. she creating hype and creating a theme like she even does for Christmas or she'll create a theme for Mother's Day. And so you have like a whole vibe and something to kind of go off of. And that's like really, you know, we, I do the same thing with the, with our marketing and trying to look at, you know, something as simple as what happens is we're starting seeds and we're getting the seasons going, our tulips are blooming, Easter hits, and then you're like, oh, technically it's like almost six weeks to Mother's Day. Yeah. You need to be thinking about and all of And you haven't said anything about Mother's Day. Right. And you haven't said anything about it. And <laughs> and on top okay. of that, the you're trying to figure out how to get your tulip order figured out for 25. You know, people are like, yeah. oh, it's time to start ordering tulips for 2025. I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know, like it's, I'm putting yeah. Easter eggs and wheatgrass <laughs> right now, you know, get out of here. So it's, though, all of that stuff happens at once. You yeah. can see why it's really easy, how it's very, very easy to let this stuff slip, you know, mm-hmm. slips past you and you, Mother's Day sneaks up on you and you're like, well, my orders are, my, my pre-orders are down. Well, why are your pre-orders down? You know, having that marketing plan in place again, holding yourself accountable to mm-hmm. these things. I mean, we live we live and die by our calendars mm-hmm. all the time. It's the number one most important tool <laughs> in my it toolbox. Is. It's, it is for me too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's 
keeps me, it just keeps me on track with the business because otherwise you're, you know, you're putting fires out and Mm -hmm. wishing your sales were higher than what they were, but you didn't really have a plan in place to make that happen. So, you know, looking at it now seasonally of going like, what's my really important things and like, what do I want to market and how do I, how do I make that happen? So, yeah, that's it. Okay. So we've got, what do we do? Crop planning. Crop planning. Creating your financial roadmap. Mm Mm-hmm marketing plan. Number four is something is that I have scrambled and and not done this the way that I'm telling you you should be doing it so many times. And what happens is you spend more money than you should because you are paying for it to be there like tomorrow. You're paying the next day shipping because you waited too long. And that is waiting and, or ordering your supplies. So mm-hmm. thinking about what you need and there you can get some discounts if you're pre-ordering and I know it's sometimes hard in the off season and only in the last couple of years have we really done this with like bouquet sleeves is a good example. I kind of figure out, hey, what's my goal number of bouquets that I'm going to be do, you making this year and then I'll order all the sleeves at one time and then I'm only paying for that freight shipping once with my ARU mm-hmm. sleeves um, and I saved a lot of money doing that, but it's having the knowledge to know to go in and pre-order those things and be able to do that. So it's looking at your inventory, ordering bouquet supplies, rubber bands, buckets. Buckets are something that I pretty much order every single year at this point. I kind of take an inventory. How many do I have? How many do I need? And order buckets, paper sleeves, stickers, just basic supplies like that if you're making bouquets or selling bunches. You do not want to be caught at the last minute, mm-hmm. figuring out you don't have enough bouquet sleeves to fulfill your order. And I've been there. I pay the next day shipping for ARU and it's it's expensive. So just trying to go through those inventory supplies, knowing what you have and what you need to order and trying to check off some of those things so that you don't have to think about it during the season. It's it's really important. Yeah. And if, you, if you're like in your first season and you've never done this before or even like last year and you're like, well, I'm going to sell up, just do an estimated yeah. a guesstimate, you know, of like, I think I'm going to sell this many bouquets per week. And then you have the supplies there or getting things, you know, now's the time of year to start. Like if you stamp stuff versus stickering them, getting those all stamped out Mm -hmm. and getting that all all prepped and ready area you know areas clean that's one of the things we're working on is just getting like everything is cleaned and ready to go so that when it is time to start slinging flowers again everything is just yeah it's ready to go and yeah I think it's one of those things that your future self (laughs) thanks your past self when you're in it. It's like, well, it's like an easy thing to put off, but it's really, it really is important. And I've got caught a few times and had to pay the price. And I don't want you to feel that hurt. Like I felt, you know, so many times. Mm -hmm. All right. So the last one that we have on here is creating the, creating time for yourself and finding balance between work and life. And this is something that, you know, is very, near and dear to both of our hearts because we know how hard you're working. You know, running a business is tough. A lot of you have families on top of it. Uh, A lot of you are still working full-time jobs. And we get asked a lot, like, how did you work full-time and run a business? Like, we get get asked Mm -hmm. that often. And I was just thinking about it the other day. I'm like, you know when your family gets the stomach bug? (laughs) And like it just rips through your house and you're just in it. Uh Yeah. You're just – it's like chaos and it's done. Mm -hmm. And then it's done and it's over and you look back and you're like, 
how did I get through all that? Like, I don't even know. Like, you know, it's the same kind of scenario. You just, you don't really, when you're in it, you're just in the grind. Yeah, you're and just doing it. It's all you're you doing know it. at that point. Right. It's normal. Yeah. <laughs> even though you kind of, it was like in the back of my mind, like, not. <laughs> this is probably not normal, but anyway. Yeah. But that's finding this time. So when we're looking at, you know, creating a financial roadmap and a marketing plan, and we're talking about living and dying by our calendar, you better make sure that yourself, you, your time for your family, whatever it is that fills you up and the time off is also on your calendar. And, you know, I worked, I worked less last year on weekends and things that I ever had before and was really, did a really good job in the last several years. I've carved out time to have normal working hours for myself. And it's something that I won't go back to. My girls have it. Yes. Do we have days that are chaos? Yeah. There's Sundays that I pulled them in for tulips that, it, you know, it was blooming and I needed to pull them in. But, you know, for me, I, I really prioritized having normal working hours and it's something that I refuse to go back to. And so work, having my work schedule around that is very, is very important to me. So making sure that you're creating time for yourself. And that doesn't just mean like going to get your nails done or get a massage or something like that. It's like truly time off because as a business owner, let's be honest, our brains really don't, you're, it's really hard to unwind. And we're passionate about what we do. Yes. So, so (laughs) yeah, to have to, yeah, to actually have time off and shut your brain off. It's difficult. Yeah. It is really difficult, but it's, it is absolutely a must mm-hmm. to be able to make this sustainable and, and actually have it as your, your livelihood and make yeah. a living off of it. Mm-hmm. So it's so, it's such an interesting career because we love what we do. And, and that, that's the thing, even with Jen and I, like we have, do have to carve the time out. I mean, our family forces us to the kids, which is good. Otherwise we don't see it as work. That, that mm. is the hard thing. It's because we really do love what we do. Like I, I don't mm. – we could probably work every day. No, obviously there's a point where I'm just like, okay, like we, we need a break. But because we love what we do and we live here, that's a weird b- boundary too that is fuzzy. Mm-hmm. We need our kids and we need that scheduled time to slow us down. Like we could very easily not do the family vacation in June because it's a hard time to leave, you know? Yeah. It's, but it's the best time <laughs> – looking at the calendar, it's the best time in the summer to leave. So we try to, you know, make, we could very easily not do it, you know, and have every excuse in the world not to go work-wise, but we force that time because we need it. And sometimes you Mm -hmm. almost have to know that I'm not going to want to take that time off when it gets here, but I have to force yourself to do it. Scheduling that in the calendar, making sure there's time for you. And one thing that I've learned over time, and as I've had employees, it's gotten easier, but if I don't delegate some for someone for that to be someone's job, guess what? It's yeah. my job. <laughs> yes. So I've had to tell myself like, oh, I feel weird asking, you know, because mm-hmm. well, guess what? It's going to be on me if, if I don't ask or I I don't make it somebody's job. So I've gotten better at that over over time, you know, be like, okay, hey, if if I don't assign this to somebody, I'm going to be the one doing it. And it's just guarding that time. And really like making it sacred is is the number one thing. And it's like, hey, when and for me it looks like 
setting my phone down at the entryway when I come in and not looking at it until maybe I go to bed tonight and make sure everything's mm-hmm. good. Okay, going to bed so that I'm truly connected. And no matter what your situation is, you're going to have different instances of that. You know, it's going to look different for all of us. And especially if you work with your spouse. Oh my gosh, you guys could literally talk about business 24 hours a day. So it's like, okay, we're not talking about that now. We're reconnecting in different ways that's not through the business. So it really, it's going to look different for everybody, but you're not going to love your business anymore if you keep running yourself into the ground. And it's part of you, but it's not the whole thing. It's not you, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like keeping those other parts of yourself sacred, having other hobbies, investing in your friends, you know? Investing in your family, being there for them when they need you is so important. And sometimes it's going to mean stopping the business and doing what, that's why we got into this. That's why I tell myself I got into this so that I could take my kids to their doctor's appointments (laughs) during the day and I shouldn't feel burdened by that scenario. And it's sometimes it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes it's easier than other days, but. I don't know, just trying to remember that the reason that we got into this is that so we can be our own bosses, so we can set our own schedules, so we can create businesses that work around us or around us, not us working around our businesses. So it's important. It is. And probably the most important thing on this whole freaking list. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, because not finding time for yourself and finding balance, you the rest of this doesn't really work because <laughs> you burn out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. And we are. I mean, I love what I do so mm-hmm. much, and I do have so much energy and passion around what it is I do. So you're you're right. It like times it doesn't feel like work, and I think I'm also I'm just a high energy person. I uh-huh. do a you lot, like and so I mm-hmm. I like doing. So oftentimes you know, people around me in my life will be like, you really need to slow down or you need to do this. And and I feel like rest, what rest is to me looks different to other people too, you know? 100%. I mean, I can remember working, I didn't even have the farm yet. And I was, you know, working my full-time job. I would come home and just do landscaping. You know, mm-hmm. I was pulling weeds. I was dividing perennials. I was out doing yard stuff because that's how I would unwind. Yeah. And so physical work for me, that's that's always been a part of it, part of my life. So it fuels me. It makes me feel wonderful. And but there can be an out of balance with that. And I would say, like, if you're feeling like you're working really late hours, you're hearing me say, like, how are you working regular work hours? You know, it's like it's one of those things where I say, like, I don't break commitments to myself. And that was one of those things that I was like, I refuse to work until like 9 p.m. Are there times occasionally it comes up some I'm up against a deadline or there's, you know, things that are a little out of balance at times? Yeah, that happens. I'm but I really try to have those because it's what keeps me sane mm-hmm. for the rest of for the rest of the entire season. So if I can't maintain that, if I'm not able to maintain those, I'm looking at it and going like, am I doing too much? Do I need to delegate this to somebody else? How do I solve this problem? Because to me that's just it's just a problem that needs mm-hmm. to be solved. And I went a lot of years not looking at it from that way, just like in scramble mode. And I'm still really I'm untangling that for myself mm-hmm. still. Where it's like, okay, how do I want to wake up and do what I love every single day and not feel like I'm totally fried at the end of it. And if Mm -hmm. I do, what's the problem and how do I figure that out? So, but yeah, I would say that's for sure the most important thing on your list is taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) 
Yep. Write a little sticky note that says, I don't break commitments to myself Mm -hmm. and stick it on your coffee pot Mm -hmm. and your car, on your mirror and your bed stand, on your desk, all of those things. And I I have a process where I've talked about my gratitude list and I've talked about, you know, I also write out truths about myself or things that like maybe not are not even things that have, I don't necessarily haven't even happened yet. Let's put it that way. And that was one of the things I I wrote out years ago is that I don't break commitments to myself. And I was breaking commitments to myself a lot. I was breaking them all the time. And then I finally got to this point where I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to stay committed to myself on this particular, whatever the thing is, like whether it was my morning routine or my gratitude list or, you know, no sugar or whatever this, the thing is, I was like to go back to that and know that like that comes from like you said Shannon too it's like us doing those things and it was in that book be seen she just yeah. said it was it that okay confidence confidence comes from you not breaking commitments yes. to yourself that's the where confidence- I heard it yes yes she's just talked about mm-hmm. this when it was like she said that I'm like yeah yeah that's when you because you're like strengthening that muscle of like oh I did this for myself mm-hmm. you know I did the next right thing, I did the thing that took care of myself today. And, you know, you you continue to build on that and you gain confidence and then you don't want to stop, you yeah. know. But that was that yeah, that was in that book. Mm-hmm. It was like such a good, yeah, good little takeaway from her. But <sighs> these are reminders for ourselves sometimes. <laughs> I know. I know. But, yeah. We're right there, right? Right yeah. there along with you for mm-hmm. sure. And we made it through an episode. Yay. Not too many hacks. Yes. Fist bump. Woohoo. Boop. Go us. I'm that's because I'm literally surviving on hot tea and like nerds gummy clusters. So <laughs> nerds gummy <laughs> clusters. <laughs> I have a chloroseptic uh throat lozenge and some water. Yep. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, we didn't talk about nutrition today, so I guess it that's can't good for the nerds. Good. Yeah. Whatever keeps you going. So All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I know we had fun recording. We're so grateful that you guys are here each week with us listening along and also for giving us these episode ideas. I know a lot of the questions that you send us and end up turning into an episode. Now it makes me think, Shan, we need to go back and see, do we have a content pillars episode? If not, we'll make one. We had to did it on the insiders, but not here. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> we'll look and see. We do have a fun 100th episode, though. Yes, I can't wait. We got some fun stuff. <laughs> so don't forget to head over to our Instagram at Dirt on Flowers. Drop us a comment or a message. We love hearing from you if we missed anything in an episode or something we need to clarify. We love hearing from you. So Instagram at Dirt on Flowers. And if you have not left us a review, I went back in the other day and listened or read through some of them, and they're just so dang sweet. Yeah. Thank you. So, so grateful for you guys for being here. And we hope you love today's episode as much as we loved recording it. And we will see you the same time, same place next week. 